0: Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Representative Bob Latta will be among those who will be taking part in today's March for Life. He dropped by our studio to discuss that and a couple of other hot topics in Congress. Also this morning, the OHSAA is branching out into the world of eSports. What does competitive gaming look like at the high school level? To get our high school basketball preview, Findlay assistant coach Ray Elbin discusses the Trojans' upcoming conference games against Whitmer tonight and Toledo Central Catholic next week, and we have more delicious and easy-to-make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, January 20th, 2023. This is kind of interesting for a Friday, you know, as we... Uh, Get up, head to work um, for the final day of the week. You may have heard that some of America's biggest tech companies are laying off employees uh, in preparation for what they believe will be a global slowdown in spending, trying to get ahead of this a little bit. Uh, And again, as life has gotten back to normal post-pandemic, some of those tech companies that – really saw astronomical growth uh, over the past couple of years have seen a reversal of fortunes. And um, with all of the hiring spree they went on as you know, demand for their products and services skyrocketed over the past couple of years, now they're scaling back. Well, the New York Post got a hold of one of the 18,000 emails that Amazon sent out They're laying off like 18,000 people. And how else would they do that but by email? You think about a cold and impersonal way to fire somebody by email. But I guess if you're a tech company, especially a tech company with workers that work remotely all over the world, uh, it's the most efficient way. Basically, the email says this. Unfortunately, your role has been eliminated. You are no longer required to perform any work on Amazon's behalf effective immediately. That's it. That's what it says. That's how they notified people that they were being eliminated from the payroll. (laughs) Your role has been eliminated. You are no longer required to perform any work on Amazon's behalf. Uh, it seems to imply that if you want to perform some work on Amazon's behalf, <laughs> then you're free to do so. But you are no longer required it to do. Yeah, sure. Love to just under the goodness of my heart. Um, I know there are a lot of people, older people who are saying this wouldn't be happening if they were unionized. You know, there are a lot of uh, Amazon warehouses and such that are uh, trying to unionize uh, around the country. And uh, it's kind of interesting, numbers that were released yesterday from the government. Government has been uh, tracking the statistics on uh, unionized labor for about 40 years. And uh, union membership fell to 10.1% of the workplace, uh, 10.1% of the workforce, rather, in 2022. That is the lowest percentage um, since the government has been tracking those statistics of the past 40 years. It won't be long before younger generations won't even remember a time when labor unions were an integral part of American work life. That may we may be there now. There are so few people who belong to unions uh, as a percentage of the full workforce. Uh, What's interesting is it's the lowest uh, percentage of unionized people in the workforce uh, in the past 40 years, despite a 52% increase in the number of petitions filed by workers who want to form labor unions at their companies. So kind of an interesting dichotomy there. Uh, union membership peaked in the 1950s at about of one-third of salar- uh, salaried workers at that time were unionized, one-third today. Uh, Many public employees, such as police officers, firefighters, and teachers, are members of a union. The automobile industry is overwhelmingly unionized, as are skilled trades workers in many parts of the country. But other than that, uh, not a whole lot of unions, which I thought was a kind of interesting statistic there. Some of the uh, other most interesting and buzzworthy stories to uh, start your day. What do you do on a Friday? Five o'clock hits. It's happy hour. You head out and maybe have a couple of drinks after work uh, to uh, celebrate making it through another work uh, work week. Well, here are a couple of related stories. A distillery in North Carolina is planning to create a bourbon that is truly out of this world. Uh, Mystic Farm and Distillery says it wants to send five barrels of its whiskey into orbit for one year of outer space aging. The business is working with SpaceX, Inversion Space, and other companies to help finance, design, and test the launch. Buyers can put down a $75,000 deposit for one of the roughly 1,300 bottles before they are sold for market price. This would be the first commercial product ever to be manufactured in space. And of course, it would be booze because America. <laughs> But you know what? If we are gonna colonize other planets, you know, maybe establish a colony on the moon, travel to Mars, we better be able to take our whiskey with us. You know what I mean? That's I mean, what's the point? If we're not if we can't take our alcohol with us, we may as well not go. <laughs> um This is also kind of interesting, speaking of booze. A brewery in Detroit. Atwater Brewery has released a new IPA, Artificial Intelligence IPA. It's a beer brewed using a recipe created using an AI bot. Now, it was brewed by humans, but the recipe was created via artificial intelligence. Quality Assurance Manager Joe uh, Joe Platt of Atwater Brewery used an AI chat bot to create the recipe. He says the, the bot first gave him a homebrew scale recipe, and then it was able to scale that upward. He will sell pints of the beer for $2.01. It is an homage to the film 2001 A Space Odyssey, and it is available in uh, Detroit, and outlying areas beginning today's so. <laughs> artificial intelligence api uh and not api ipa yeah, api it's, that's a computer term I, <laughs> it's a friday i'm just it's early in the morning but you get it i we have come full circle on the uh <laughs> craft beers um, and a couple of uh, interesting research statistics that I thought I would share with you uh, here this morning. I thought this was interesting. Less than half of Americans now have a favorable view of the U.S. health care system. A new Gallup survey shows just 48% of respondents said the U.S. healthcare care system is excellent or good. It is the first time since 2001... That less than half of Americans were complimentary about the quality of U.S. healthcare. Interesting, huh? A slight majority now rates U.S. Uh, healthcare as subpar, including 31% who say that our healthcare system is only fair, and 21% uh, categorize it as poor. 21% that's one in five think. Our healthcare system is poor. I mean, it's expensive, yes. Sometimes it is maddening, yes. But I think the quality is there. I don't know about that. I just wonder exactly what they're ranking. uh, Exactly. And uh, finally, speaking of your health, here's something to think about this morning. A new study finds the biggest germ collector in your kitchen. Is, what would you think? Biggest germ collector, uh, germ collector in your kitchen. The spice rack. Agriculture department researchers examined how people preparing, um, preparing food cross-contaminated various kitchen surfaces. And they found that spice jars used in preparing meals were far and away the germiest things. 48% of spice jars harbor bacteria. Uh, study authors say that while people might know it is important to clean cutting boards, wipe down uh, the handles of utensils and so on, and uh, pots and pans, they probably don't think about the, what their hands deposit on the spice jars when you reach one. Mm. So think about that. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and Buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. A slight chance of rain or snow today with a high of 37. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 30. Somebody fishing in a Finley pond made a shocking discovery. They came across what appeared to be a body floating face down on the water.
2: The Finley Police Department, we got called to a uh, possible deceased body in the pond behind Walmart. We got here and we were able to confirm that there was a body uh, with the assistance of so the fire department. We are able to retrieve the body. And at this point, the only thing I can comment on is that it's a deceased white male.
1: Lieutenant Hendren told us at the scene that the body would be sent to the Lucas County Coroner's Office for an autopsy to determine the ID and cause of death. See video from the scene on our website. Former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder will go on trial next week in a case that federal prosecutors call the biggest corruption case in state history. Jurors must decide
0: whether the ousted Republican lawmaker and former Ohio Republican Party chair Matt Borges are guilty of racketeering. Prosecutors allege Householder orchestrated and Borges assisted in a scheme secretly funded by an energy utility to secure Householder's power, elect his allies, and then pass and defend a billion-dollar nuclear power plant bailout. Both men pleaded
1: not guilty and maintained their innocence. The trial could last six weeks. I'm Clay Gordon. This weekend kicks off Polar Plunge season, the annual fundraising events that involve taking a dip in icy cold water to benefit the Special Olympics of Ohio. The organization is holding seven different Polar Plunge events in lakes or swimming pools around the state. Special Olympics Ohio events manager Haley Melcher says it's easy to get involved.
3: You sign up to
4: take the plunge alongside us to raise money for our athletes and then you fundraise um, to help out the 20,000 Special Olympics athletes throughout the state of Ohio.
1: Find out more at sooh.org dave james on winning news university of finley has announced their 2023 athletics hall of fame class the class includes two former women's track and field standouts along with a wrestling star the hall of fame induction ceremony will be held on february 25th at weinbrenner theological seminary and the inductees will also be recognized during the oilers men's basketball game on that same date I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: And now our cover story this morning. Later today, pro-life advocates will take part in the first March for Life of the post Row era. Among those who will be at the event will be Ohio's 5th District U.S. Representative Bob Latta who flew back to Washington, D.C. yesterday for that event after spending several days here in the district. Yesterday, he dropped by our studios to talk about the March for Life and a couple of other hot topics in Congress. How does the March for Life look different in a post-Roe era? I mean, obviously, you know, the whole paradigm has changed.
5: Well, you know, when the Supreme Court made the decision, and I think a lot of people need to really read what that decision said. It didn't say that abortion was outlawed. Right. It was really how the uh, <clears throat> states were going to be looking at it in, yeah. in Congress. So, you know, there's there's a lot of work that has to be done at the lo- at the state level where this is really going to happen, mm. in my opinion. I think it's going to happen more at the at, at this right. level. And I think that's what the Supreme Court the justices were looking at is that it's got to be done more at the local where you know advocates uh, can get out there and speak on it
0: mm-hmm. and with respect to that um what what about your advocacy Because you've been a long time uh, pro-life advocate uh, obviously how does that advocacy for the pro-life effort change for you as a federal uh, well, representative?
5: well that's a good question because uh, in the last congress we introduced legislation especially with chemical abortion because again uh, when you think about the labeling, the approving of new drugs, the dispensing of these drugs, a lot of that being done over the internet and or sight unseen, so women don't even know, uh, you know, in some cases where they are, it might be in their pregnancy, and it's important because again, you, with these, when these drugs take effect, and so you have more women that take these drugs end up in emergency rooms, and so my my legislation says, look. No more approving these things, no more you know dispensing the way you think you're going to do it, and the FDA's got to get involved in this. Unfortunately, the FDA is going the other direction, and that's why the legislation is needed.
0: How deep should the federal government go? Again, one of the rallying cries to overturn Roe v. Wade was to leave the decision ultimately in the hands of the states. And now there has been some talk about a federal ban. Uh, on abortion going uh completely the uh, the the other direction is that appropriate or well, should this remain with the state?
5: Well, you know one of the things that we did we promised that if we get control of the house which you know it we we are in control mm-hmm. right now very 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 slim majority and right. uh something that would happen to a couple of our members it could be a real we could be in trouble but uh you know just uh, in the last week we had legislation that we we passed and we said we would is on. Uh, if, if a baby born alive during an abortion, what happens if right and we've you know we heard from you know democratic governors saying that well, we'll just th- we'll talk about it. Well, if you're talking about it, it means that baby's going to die. And so what we're saying is in the legislation that we passed and we had that legislation in the last Congress that we had up what we call a, a discharge petition, which would bring that if we would have gotten the two hundred and eighteen, every Republican, I think it was about two hundred and twelve Republicans signed it but we didn't get to 218 to bring that bill up for a vote. But it just says that, uh, you know, you've you've got to save that baby. And, in fact, uh, I was at a uh, a right-to-life dinner in about a year, year and a half ago from a woman who survived an abortion as a baby. And so, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that science is really on the right-to-life side now because if you go back... The 1973 with Roe v. Wade, you know, all these things are being said, well, you know, uh, babies couldn't survive. But now we know infants can survive at a very early stage. Mm. And so it's really important.
0: It is a a valid point that uh, it is a different uh, question, a different uh, issue now than it was uh, 50 years ago. You mention a slim majority uh, in the House that Republicans have uh, right now, which is maybe why this – Issue is getting so much attention. I have to ask you uh, about your thoughts on this whole George Santos uh, question. Should he resign?
5: Well, you see, and this is an, that's a great question because you know there's only one office in the United States you have to be elected to, and that's the United States House of Representatives. We, you know, years ago uh, before it was you had uh, mm-hmm. senators being elected uh, right. by popular vote; they were selected by the legislatures. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if there's a vacancy, a governor fills it. And right. so, but I mean, everything. In you know, the House, yeah. if he were and to so, step and down, so, there would be a special election. So we'd have election. to have a special election. Yeah. But, you know, and, and again, this is the problem. Um, we, so a lot of the stuff that he did, what he, what he had done was prior to being elected. So then, you know, you go to the Ethics Committee. And so the Ethics Committee is, you know, looking at it right now. What what can be done? You know, you know pretty much the guy lied the entire way through. Right. And I mean, and continues to and it's and it's unbelievable that what he is what he has claimed and what he has said and none of it's true, and so uh, you know I think that it's going to come two things you know one thing would be is there enough pressure going to come from up in New York mm-hmm. that uh, he has to step down, and again then we will we'll have a special election at that time, but uh, you know it's a, it's a, I, in my lifetime I'm not sure I've ever seen a situation yeah with someone. That gets elected, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here's the interesting question on this how come it wasn't ever vetted? Yes, before and it's we were like, talking
0: about this just yesterday. That's I, the scariest part there between the media and yeah, and, and uh, the, those insiders at the state level and within the party. How did this? We well, this uh, you know, yeah. and I
5: and I know this. Uh, if I was out there telling whoppers, you'd be calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it.
0: <laughs> then the the other uh, question that was brought up with this uh, uh, this whole issue uh, at a very minimum, some were saying that uh, he should not have been given. Committee assignments and and Speaker McCarthy did give him a couple of low level committee assignments. Was that inappropriate? Should he have uh, not gotten any committee assignments? You know, and again,
5: uh, you know that's where the 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 speaker uh, now. We what we have is what we call a steering committee. Mm -hmm. It's made up of quite a few members, right? And the steering committee is the one that actually puts people on the committees. That's what we what we call populating the committees. And so the you know the overall the steering committee made that decision that he would be put on certain and again they're, uh I, I don't want to ever downgrade. Would I, you feel I, I,
0: comfortable serving on a committee with him?
5: Well, you know, you because I think it'd be very difficult to conduct business because all the everybody's looking at him. Yeah, and that's a problem. And yeah. we, because I serve on the Energy and Commerce Committee, which is probably the highest aid committee you can be on, and uh, it's it's you know I, years ago we had a uh, we had Anthony Weiner on our com- committee committee. <laughs> if you remember yeah, Anthony up in, right. from New York and exactly. he ran into some problems. Yes. And, uh, you know, you have certain individuals that come on committees that don't make, don't do well for the committees to operate. Mm. And so I think that, uh, they're, you know, it, it, when they have a committee hearing, he's at it, you know, all, all eyes are on him.
0: No question. Um, the big issue in Washington this week, uh, is the federal debt limit. um, should there be preconditions on the authorization for raising the debt ceiling?
5: Well, you know this is—you know—we're thirty-one point four trillion dollars in debt today. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's hard—it's hard for me to even imagine. him saying that thirty-one point four trillion dollars, and when you look at that amount, we're going to be paying over a billion—a tr- a trillion dollars a year by twenty thirty to just pay interest on the debt. And so what we're seeing is this massive amount of debt has increased over, the especially in the last year and a half, with the, when the Democrats and Biden they just started spending money like crazy because we couldn't stop them. And so this money gets spent, and so unfortunately we're all obligated now to pay for it. So in my is, question is, if you got somebody that's driving recklessly, do you let them keep driving recklessly, or do you put some conditions out there? And I think that's important. What we did. Or the, it back around uh, 2011, I think it was that we, when we did that, that we put some parameters there that we were able to get some controls on things. But right now, what the Democrats want, and the president, no, just let us keep spending. Yeah. our on our on our way. But we, but the problem is we owe that money. To be fair, we didn't
0: get to thirty trillion dollars plus in debt without uh, plenty of spending on both sides of the aisle. But what I hear you saying is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's not the best scenario to use the full faith and credit of the United States as a bargaining chip, but when that's all you have,
5: well, and it's because this is important. Because again, uh, we especially on our treasuries. All you know, when people, I look at a couple of numbers every morning when I get up. I look to see what gas, the oil prices for West Texas Intermediate. I also look at what the ten-year is selling at. Mm-hmm. So today's we're looking at about three point five percent. That was up to about 4.5%. When you look at what happened in the last year, because the inflation rapidly increased, that was because of -of out-of-control federal spending. And so we went from having a, you know, if you were looking at borrowing money, the Fed was at a quarter percent. And at the end of the year, it's 4.5%. And and now they're talking about going up another quarter. So in less than about a year, we're going to see interest rates for Americans go up about over 4.5%. So I think it's important that we've, we've got to do something because, again, when you look at the amount of money that we owe, and we owe over $7 trillion to foreign creditors. Now, what happens if we, we, we miss a payment? Right. We can't miss a payment right. because all of a sudden the whole world is say the United States isn't a, uh, a worthy uh, debtor out there that Next we can dangerous. trust. Yeah. And, if we, and all of a sudden, if they quit, because if they don't buy all of this debt when we put it out there, all of a sudden, everything's going to start crashing, and I mean crashing. No one who will have ever seen anything like this ever happen before.
0: Precarious position to be in, to be sure. Again, uh, Congressman Bob Latta with us uh, this morning. Congressman, thanks very much for hey, taking. Thanks the
5: very talk. much, really appreciate it.
0: Well, you might have heard about this earlier in the week. The Ohio High School Athletic Association is dipping their toes into the world of video gaming, teaming with Esports Ohio to support and promote its annual state tournament this spring. Joining us this morning is the OHSAA Director of Media Relations, Tim Street. And Tim, why branch out into esports? What makes this
4: a good fit for the OHSAA? Sure. Thanks, Chris. It it is something that um, is is fairly new uh, in Ohio, but it is growing very fast. And, um, you know, the company uh, you just mentioned, Esports Ohio, uh, they are one of the leading uh, experts in the world of video gaming and esports here in Ohio. It's a group that was founded by teachers. And they look at gaming and esports uh, like a sport. It, it's a it's a way for students to be a part of a team and be a part of a club and activity at their school and represent their school in a tournament. And uh, this has been on our radar screen uh, for uh, about a year or two. And um, we uh, are not going to look at esports as a sanctioned sport like we would for basketball or football or softball Uh, but we are very happy to uh, support this event and lend our support to it and encourage our schools to participate.
0: Now you touched on a couple of things that I did want to ask about. Uh, I I think it's interesting that Esports Ohio as you mentioned uh, was founded by teachers so that educational background uh, component uh, certainly makes it a good fit with the, uh, the structure of the OHSAA.
4: Absolutely yeah, and I think if there was not that kind of educational component mm-hmm. and and link with teachers, if that was not a part of it, I don't know if we would have gone down this road at this point. But uh, the, the thing that's been very clear is that there are so many schools, in fact, probably the vast majority of schools that have computer labs and technology classes and, and IT teachers and that this is a, a natural progression for them, that this is their... Uh, sport, if you will, and uh, there, there's definitely that, that connection and that education connection to it and that's a big reason why uh, we wanted to be linked with it at this time.
0: And and that was the other thing. Why did you feel that now was the time? I mean, this has actually been a thing for quite some time nationwide. As you mentioned, it's relatively new uh, in Ohio, but uh, some young people have uh, even been doing this professionally for a number of years. Colleges have put esports under their athletic department umbrella, in some cases even offering scholarships for esports athletes athletes as they would do for traditional sports why did you feel that now was the time to get involved at the high school level
4: yeah sure i think two main reasons on that chris i think one is that we just now have seen the growth uh i think this year in particular we've just seen more colleges offering opportunities and more and more high schools i think it's it's uh more prominent now than it's ever been but the other reason would be the company is uh esports ohio and uh we've been in talks with them for uh, almost a year and uh i you know that that's been a huge part of this in terms of them coming to the table with um essentially the structure for their tournament and their regular season and and the structure that they have set up for this activity across ohio mm-hmm. so we've been We've been in discussions with them about this for a while now, and, and it, it just got to the point where we were able to, to finalize everything and say, Yep, this is, uh, we agreed on the contract that we're going to partner with them. And so, hence the announcement. Um, it, it, it almost happened back in December, but we needed a little more time to, uh, to, to finish putting all the pieces in place. And we were happy to announce it now here in January because at the end of this month is when their regular season begins. And so the the timing, uh corresponds with the start of the season so
0: uh let's talk a little bit about that structure as you mentioned esports is not going to be considered an ohsaa sanctioned sport like traditional athletics but will athletes and schools have to comply with uh, all of the same bylaws that govern traditional sports like football and basketball
4: well there will be some schools that do uh that would be up to the school uh okay uh, the OHSA is not going to require that um similar to um cheerleading. You know, we don't okay. uh, sanction cheerleading, but we definitely support it and encourage participation in cheerleading. But uh, cheerleaders are not bound by our, our academic standards and our, our transfer bylaws and those types of things. Neither will the esports sports uh, students. Um, the, but I, I I know that there are going to be a number of schools that, that do uh, hold their e-sport athletes to the same requirements as Mm -hmm. all of their traditional student athletes. And so that's a good thing. You know, we want them to have all the same kind of, um, steps that they need to take to, to compete for their school, just like the football player does, just like the basketball player does.
0: And, and how will this tournament be structured? Will it be similar to the tournaments for other sports that we're familiar with?
4: Well, a lot of it will be the same in terms of uh, it is school A versus school B on a particular game. And uh, those are still some of the details that we're working out. But mm-hmm. there are a, a number of established games that Esports Ohio conducts, and they set up the structure with the regular season as to, uh, for example, maybe on a Tuesday night um maybe Finley High School is going to play Napoleon High School uh, uh you know it would be online they would be competing against each other in the designated games and uh that is the structure then that Esports Ohio puts into place for the tournament so there will be certain games you know whether it's a Fortnite or uh, any, any number of games where it's team A versus team B school A versus school B they will compete against each other uh Esports Ohio are the officials uh, they determine the winner, and then the winner advances on the bracket, and uh, eventually we get to the, the state championship eSports competition. So I, there there will be several games that the schools compete in, and so there will be multiple state champions.
0: So when uh, you get to this like state-level uh, tournament, will there be mm-hmm. uh, a, a state gathering, or this will still be done virtually, or is there going to be uh, a, a, a tournament site where this will be done?
4: Yeah. Yes, there will be a tournament site. So okay. the state tournament is held at the University of Akron. Okay. And uh, they they've actually hosted the state tournament for a while now, um, and they had just have a a great computer area. Uh, there's even spectator area at the University of Akron where they conduct it. So the the state tournament would be. Um, in-person, on-site there at uh, Akron.
0: You mentioned uh, about the games that will be used uh, with for these competitions, and especially for those who are not really familiar with the whole eSports thing. There has long been concern about the content of video games, and many of the privately-sponsored uh, competitive gaming tournaments uh, are based around first-person shooter games, such as Call of Duty and, and others with violent themes. What games will be used for this high school esports uh tournament.
4: Yeah, and I can tell you that there will not be those types of very violent games. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're you know, like um Fortnite is one of them, um Chess, uh Rocket League, Super Smash Brothers, uh Valorant is one, um, Clash Royale is one of them. So Uh, you're not going to see Call of Duty on on this list. yeah. Uh, But certainly that was one of my first concerns too, is Mm -hmm. that those will not be the types of games that are played.
0: Yeah, just to lay that concern to rest. And ultimately, uh, the idea is that getting more students involved in these types of, any types of extracurricular activities to kind of expand their horizons and expand their involvements is a good thing.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, this, this is another example of, um, you know, any kind of extracurricular activities that that link our students with clubs and, and teams um, and to be a part of that uh, um, team structure where they they can be with their friends and they they are around our teachers more. They spend more time at school. Those are all the the benefits of um, us uh, supporting And promoting esports. And, you know, I've talked a couple times this week about bowling, um, which um, I'll explain that. It's um, some people don't think of that right away. But um, back, uh, this is 16 years ago now, the OHSAA sanctioned bowling. And some of our schools had bowling, but now a lot of our schools have bowling. And, you know, a lot of student athletes that bowled for their school they weren't really much a part of the athletic department Mm -hmm. and now they are and now they get varsity letters they they represent their school at the state tournament and they love it and uh you no, know, for law students that bowl, they may not play another sport, but now they are someone at their school that has the chance to win an OHSA state title. So I think it's gonna be a similar scenario here with esports and that these kids maybe a lot of people didn't know what they were interested in or what their activities are. Well, now they're competing for a state title, and that's a pretty exciting step for eSports.
0: Again, Tim Streed is Director of Media Relations for the Ohio High School Athletic Association, kind of dipping their toes in the world of eSports this spring. Tim, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you covering the story. It's an exciting new step for OHSA and for eSports. <music>
0: It's another week of high school basketball action. The Findlay Trojans will host Toledo Whitmer tonight. Earlier this week, John Marshall spoke with assistant coach Ray Elbin about that game and the Trojans showdown with Toledo Central Catholic coming up next week on The Coach's Corner.
6: When we spoke last week, you were gearing up for a visit to Lima Senior to meet the mm-hmm. rival Spartans. Right. That game went about as well as you, you could. Came away with a 47-36 sure, right. win at Three Rivers Athletic Conference that uh, you pull into a tie for first place. Not a huge scoring night for your team, but it didn't have to be as you played some good defense. Yeah, Lima had a good start jumping out to a 9-2 lead but after a timeout your men settled in and outscored them the rest of the way Mm 45-27 is that a sign of maturity for your team that they
2: didn't let the early deficit get in their head well you know we have a young team but we're now halfway through the season and so yeah I would say it is maturity they're they're not a young team anymore they're varsity basketball players and it was good to gain our composure and and, you know, and, and, and we have some skilled guys. As far as the final score, we're looking at four games in a row where we go to Lima, play St. John's, and then we have Whitmer coming in Friday, and then we go to Central Catholic uh, on Tuesday. And, you know, that, that's just a gauntlet of, of teams. And we, we and our opponents aren't going to score many points because we play pretty tough-nosed defense, and all four of those teams just flat-out get after it. You know, when you get big-time basketball and you face good players like that, it's it's not going to be easy to score. So, uh, we're not a 30 or 29 or 28 percent shooting team. Neither is St. John's. But you know what? When we played each other, that's what we made each other do, and they just made a few more plays and and got that. So, yeah, 47-36 down at line, it doesn't surprise me, and 36-31 last night it doesn't surprise me. I was, kind of hoping it was the other way but right that's how it goes shooters maybe a little inconsistent is that the case last night i I attribute that more to what st john's did to us okay they made us work really hard they they closed on open shots you know rather quickly but we it wasn't ever easy to get open and if we were open you know it's kind of like oh my gosh i'm open i better make this and then of course then you don't uh but you know like i said we did the same thing to them, so I mean, if you were there, it was a, it was a great high school basketball game. If you were a Finley fan, you just wanted us to make a play or two more than we did. Now you get right back into the thick of
6: things with the Three Rivers Athletic Conference
2: contest Friday night when
6: you host Whitmer, you right. topped the Panthers 57-53 at their place just over right. a month
2: ago. Mm-hmm. Does that give you a little confidence going into the rematch? We're confident and we're home. But we know we know what's coming at us. They're they're the team that was uh, you know picked the win, and uh, they're not real happy about how things went up there. Uh, I, I think they'll probably try and change some things differently, and we'll just have to handle. What they throw at us, so right, we better be ready. Then it goes on with uh, Toledo, a, a trip <laughs> to Toledo with Central Catholic. The Irish right. gave
6: you a 57-33 drubbing. The first meeting.
2: Yeah. What lessons did you take away from that game that you can apply this time? What we learned is we better play together, and uh, we better do things right. And if not, they will uh, they will do that to us again. So. Uh, it's not going to happen. I'm not saying we're going to win because I, I don't have a crystal ball. But I guarantee it's not going to be a 20-point game or 25-point game. It's going to be a battle Friday night. It's going to be a battle Tuesday.
0: Again, uh, John Marshall speaking with uh, Trojans assistant coach Ray Helpin on the coach's corner earlier this week. It is Whitmer at Findlay tonight. Airtime right around 7.15 on 1330 WFIN, com and 95.5 FM. The Trojans travel to Toledo Center Catholic on Tuesday, and we'll have that game for you then. Also coming up across our family of stations this evening, uh, BBC action on 100.5 WKXA. Macomb is at Liberty Benton tonight, and uh, over on 106.3 The Fox, the Ottawa Glandorf Titans will travel to Van Wert. And you can follow those games and all of the other area action on the WFIN scoreboard page powered by score stream and presented by owens community college that is linked up at our webpage at goodmornings.net
6: we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert Today's Dumb
0: Criminal Award goes to 18 year old Clifton Richardson of North Carolina. Apparently, he stole a tractor, but that's not the dumb part. I mean, that's dumb, but the really dumb part was that he tried to sell it on Facebook Marketplace, apparently. (laughs) Nobody will notice. Uh, deputies say the tractor was listed for sale at a price $30,000 below market value. (laughs) Lesson number one, if you're trying to sell stolen merchandise, you got to know what you got, you know, you got to know what it's worth $30,000 below market uh, value. And that raised the eyebrows of the uh, person trying to buy the equipment uh, discovered that it was likely stolen. He called the cops and law enforcement agencies tracked it down and arrested Mr. Richardson. <laughs> just sell it on Facebook Marketplace. This is, speaking of crazy thefts, this to me is just absolutely crazy. A Walmart employee in Spring, Texas, is in custody, accused of stealing thousands of dollars in cash from the register of the store, right out of uh, right out of her uh, registers, uh, Elisha Minter. Deputies uh, report. Um, apparently, deputies were called to a reported theft at Walmart. When they got there, they discovered that it was a a an employee uh, cashier <laughs> who they say had taken more than eleven thousand dollars. In just the past nine days and reportedly admitted that she had stolen $20,000 since November. Uh, she is charged with theft and is currently housed in the Harris County Jail there in Spring, Texas. But here's what makes that crazy. I mean, how did she get away with stealing $20,000? You know, Walmart will steal. Walmart will Go after you and and charge you for stealing a tube of chapstick. You know it's <laughs> they have like a zero tolerance. But you can't you can't pocket uh, a pack of gum at Walmart without being uh, charged to the fullest extent of the law. And she ripped off twenty thousand dollars. You'd think they would have noticed <laughs> that sooner. But uh, anyway. A crazy story. This might be the most California-sounding robbery ever. Three men decided to rob a marijuana dispensary but were caught after crashing their getaway car into a solar panel.
2: <laughs> the
0: Petaluma Police Department arrived just before 3 a.m. as four vehicles were escaping the Down Under Industries parking lot. Authorities gave pursuit, but a Mercedes pulled away from the group and vanished down a different roadway. The other cars hit speeds of over 100 miles an hour, forcing police to fall back. As they were driving, officers came across the bends that they had lost a little bit earlier. Oh, look what we found. But the robbers weren't as lucky as before when trying to flee. They crashed through two fences and ultimately came to a halt after smashing into a solar panel. (laughs) The driver and the two passengers tried to get away on foot But police later captured 29-year-old Joshua Hawkins Butler, 18-year-old David Hill III, and 31-year-old Chautenic Blocker. They were all arrested and booked into the Sonoma County Jail. (laughs) Crashed their getaway car into a solar panel. Only in California. What exactly are people doing in the libraries in Denver, Colorado? Another public library. This is like the third in the last month. Another Denver area public library is being closed for a good cleaning after high levels of methamphetamine contamination were found in its restrooms. (laughs) What are people doing in the library in Denver? The city of Littleton announced the closure of the Bemis public library yesterday. More testing will be done in other areas of the library during the closure, uh, libraries in Boulder and Englewood have also closed over the last month so that areas contaminated by meth could be cleaned. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Police say now this is uh, this is kind of interesting. this drugs coming into this country across the southern border has been... Uh, Very much in the news of late. And uh, I guess they're getting all kinds of creative in ways they're trying to hide this stuff. Police say a massive amount of weed was found inside a shipment of cotton candy (laughs) at the border in Texas. (laughs) Customs agents caught nearly $8 million worth of marijuana at the World Trade Bridge in Laredo on the U.S.-Mexico border. It was dope-sniffing dogs who discovered the 3,300 pounds of marijuana um, inside a shipment of cotton candy. (laughs) All righty, then. I didn't even know we imported cotton candy. That was was a new one on me. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this story here, if you... This is our viral video of the day here. And if you own a large dog, chances are you have a crate for them that is large enough for a person to fit inside. And maybe you've gotten curious. Well, a cautionary tale here. A California couple, Jerry and Stephanie Ferrari, accidentally trapped themselves in their newly purchased dog crates. The whole incident was, fortunately, they have uh, security cameras in their home. (laughs) And so all of this can be captured, uh, was captured on video. Uh, In the security camera footage, Stephanie can be seen climbing inside one of the crates and closing. Well, it says, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jerry first uh, crawls in one crate and Stephanie closes the door. And then she crawls in the second crate and closes the door. And it is only then that they discover that neither one can get out. (laughs) And they're too far apart to get each other out. (laughs) So the pair hatched an escape plan, which involved Jerry rocking his body enough to slide the crate forward and turn it so it faced Stephanie's. Took a few minutes to get this to work. Once in position then, he was able to use his fingers to unlatch her door. And then she reciprocated by letting him out. Had it not worked, they say, they had planned on asking their Amazon Echo to call for help. <laughs> I really wish that it hadn't worked. I, I, I really wish we could say that... The cops got a 911 call for a couple trapped in dog crates in their home, but they, they were able to get out uh, without uh, going to that extreme uh, measure. Stephanie then shared the video online, which, of course, has gone viral now. As for what inspired the pair to crawl inside the dog crates, apparently they had purchased several different brands and were testing out which was the best for their three dogs. At least that's their story, and they're sticking to it. There you go! Uh, That is today's Broken News Report
6: and 955 FM online at wfin.com and on your smartphone tablet and Alexa devices
0: and now your daily download the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives and I love this one because it relates uh, to what we were talking about earlier with uh, esports and video gaming and all of that experts now have come up with a new way to encourage people who spend too much time playing video games to get up and exercise Researchers conducted a study of nearly 80 gamers from all over the world and found that those who exercised 150 minutes a week, that's 30 minutes a day for five days, those who exercised for 150 minutes a week earned better scores and higher rankings in their favorite games than those who didn't. (laughs) That's pretty crafty there. In fact... Uh, Players' international gaming rankings improved by 75%, concentration jumped by 33%, and anxiety levels dropped by 43%, meaning that they were better at their video games. The study was commissioned by the sports brand ASICS, which helped develop a training program for video gamers who are normally pretty sedentary saying many gamers couldn't jog for longer than a minute at the start of the study so that their uh, so their training programs had to be very moderate at first and kind of build from there in a press release the company uh, company spokesperson said the results of the study speak to the power of exercise no matter your fitness levels the mental benefits of exercise are accessible and beneficial to all well, that was a pretty clever way to encourage gamers to get more exercise by appealing to their desire to do better at their games. Very smart. Well played. And now once again, as is traditional for a Friday morning, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio with another collection of Tasty and easy to make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Hi there. Good morning. Good
3: morning. <laughs>
0: uh, we're actually doing a theme here this morning yes. that we've done in the past. You're revisiting a theme that we've yeah. uh, done in the past. Haven't of, done it uh,
3: for a while. So. Of uh, so.
0: breakfast. Yes. You know, do breakfast yes. Uh, today. And these would be, you know, great breakfast recipes or brunch recipes oh, yeah. on a Sunday after church yeah. or what happened. Or, yeah, or
3: even in the evening. Yeah. And yeah. not breakfast for we dinner. We did a couple of them in the evening. Yeah. We've so. done that before. Yeah. So yeah. there's
0: no wrong time for breakfast. No. And it is the most important meal. Meal of the day, it as is. They say. So, uh, with that in mind, we have breakfast recipes for you. Kind of a spin on some of the uh, traditional breakfast favorites, mm-hmm. like uh, chicken and waffles casserole. Yeah, so, yeah,
3: this is one um, I I think I'm going to do for Easter. So, oh yeah, I'm, that yeah. would be good. Yeah, so you take ten toaster waffles, 25 ounce package of popcorn chicken eight large eggs, three fourths cup milk, a quarter cup of pancake syrup, plus more for drizzling, two tablespoons of butter melted kosher salt and freshly ground uh, black pepper. Um, So preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Place your waffles and your chickens on two large baking sheets Ba- you're going to bake your waffles for about 15 minutes, and then your chicken is, of course, going to go longer. It's going to take about 25 30 minutes right. for your chicken.
0: Okay, um, so you're going to do those separately before you con- uh,
3: before you put together the casserole. Your
0: casserole. Okay,
3: so so then while the chicken is, um, once your waffles have cooled and the chicken is still. Um, cooking, you can cut your waffles into large chunks. Um, Then in a large bowl, whisk together your eggs, your milk, your maple syrup and your butter, and then season with some salt and pepper. And then in a nine by 13 inch uh, baking, um, baking pan, layer your waffles, then your chicken, then pour your mixture on top of that. Bake it till golden brown, about an hour or so, and then serve warm with some pancake syrup. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, uh,
0: so a little twist on the traditional chicken and waffles. Yeah. in yeah. casserole form. I yeah. like that. Uh, then you also have a recipe here this morning for eggs goldenrod. Yes. This uh, <laughs> this was one of my uh, childhood favorites. My mom uh, used to make yes. this uh, when we were when we were little. Yeah, and uh, so you've got uh, your own little spin on it. Yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, I've
3: I've tried to perfect it, but every time I how is it? Is it close to your (sighs) mouth? Not quite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever gonna get close to it, but that's that, you know what—that's mom. That's, that's your mom. Moms. That's yeah. mom's yeah. everywhere with yes. everyone's favorite yes. childhood recipe. Yeah. No one can, can be... make it the way mom does. Yeah. But yeah. this is but this is yeah. pretty good. Here. Mine
3: is my uh, my mom's sloppy Joe. I mean, it's just like her sloppy Joe is just her sloppy Joe, and, and nobody, nobody can, can get touch close it. To it. Nobody yep. can touch it. Yep. So
0: this is your eggs yes. goldenrod so, recipe.
3: Four eggs, hard boiled, uh, peeled peeled and chopped. Two tablespoons of butter. Two tablespoons of all-purpose flour. Salt and pepper to taste. And two cups of milk. Uh, so, of course, hard boil your eggs. Um, I usually cool them with some cold water really quickly, mm-hmm. and then yeah. um, and then peel them like right after that. And then th- it's, they seem they to peel it, easier. Yeah, they make it. E- um, it
2: makes it easier yeah. to peel. Them. So,
3: yep. so the longer you let them sit there, the harder it is for it uh, to the longer it takes to peel them. Mm-hmm. So then uh once you're all done with that, uh reserve reserve and set aside a couple yolks. Uh chop the rest of the eggs into small pieces. Uh in the bottom of a saucepan, melt your butter over medium low heat, add your flour, whisk together, add two cups of warm water, stir with a whisk until the mixture is thick and bubbly. Um it's going to take a few minutes to do that mm-hmm. so um, then add your salt and pepper to taste uh, add your chopped um, eggs stir use a fork then to break your two extra yolks into tiny pieces and then sprinkle on that uh, on top and then serve with some toast and some biscuits
0: yeah some uh, yep. really uh, More biscuits. it's kind of like yeah. uh, a dried beef gravy yeah. uh, recipe it, but yeah, with but uh, boiled eggs with uh, boiled, boiled, boiled eggs, eggs. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah last uh, night I had the leftovers and I put them over some garlic toast, it was really good. Oh, That's an
0: interesting <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah. Okay. So the good. Uh, eggs that was what
3: I had for there. supper last night because he had basketball. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: uh, I was out uh, <laughs> yep.
3: last night. Uh,
0: okay. So then uh, also, and this is uh, kind of a I guess we could call this a dessert recipe. Yeah, but it's um, a
3: breakfast. It's yeah. a breakfast dessert. A, a breakfast bruno. treat. It's really good. I made this last night also. Uh, so.
0: <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate baked oatmeal. Yeah,
3: and it's really uh, chewy. Um, it's not It's not a cake, um, okay. but it's really good. So a quarter cup of peanut butter, quarter cup of vanilla pudding, a quarter cup of brown sugar, one teaspoon of baking powder, a quarter teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of cinnamon, one and a half cups of quick uh, oats, three fourths cup of evaporated milk, and a quarter cup of miniature chocolate chips or regular chocolate chips. That's what I had, so that's what I used. Okay. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Spray an eight by eight inch pan with nonstick spray. Uh, stir together uh, the seven first seven ingredients with my vanilla pudding. Um, I had uh, vanilla cups, so in my, um, In my pantry. So I just used one of those. I just used a vanilla cup. All right. So uh, then stir that together. Add your milk. Stir all that until it's combined. Add your chocolate chips. Pour the batter into your prepared pan. Bake for about 30 minutes. And then um, you can cut into uh, nine-inch squares, or if you want to make them smaller, that's fine also. Um, It's really good, served warm with some chocolate chips. I added a little bit of whipped cream last night. You can see the picture on Mm. Facebook uh, that I did with that. And then uh, stored in a tightly sealed container for a couple days.
0: I'm wondering if that is kind of like... uh I know it's oatmeal, but yeah. a- almost like a granola bar type.
3: Sort thing, of, but it's not crunchy. This is.
0: It would be chewy, chewy. like a chewy yeah, granola. It's bar chewy
3: granola. Thing. Yeah, it's right. down It's down on the uh, stove if you want to try it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't had a chance to yet. I did see that there, yeah. though, yep. uh, when I got home last night. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's not it's, granola, although yeah. I guess you could use granola in there. Yeah. Um, you could add yeah. some granola. And it's, anyway, now, just something to think yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. So, Maybe put a twist on that if you want to give it a try and let us know.
3: Or crumble some granola and put it on top of it after you've made it. Okay. So yeah, well, p- give it a little that. bit of crunch.
0: So the so. chicken and waffles casserole, the eggs goldenrod, and uh, the peanut butter and chocolate baked oatmeal yes. uh, are the recipes of the week. And all of those are posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. So make sure that you follow the page for all of the uh, latest recipes and other goodies there from Kyra's Kitchen. And if you have something That uh, you are looking for If you have a a recipe request By all means Reach out uh, on the uh, Facebook page You can message Kyra that way Um, You can also share your favorite recipe Uh, We've had some folks uh, share their favorite recipes That have popped up on the show From time to time And uh, you can do that on Facebook as well At Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook It is also linked up at Goodmornings.net My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net coming up monday on the show exactly the kind of motivation you need to start another week the original life is too short guy scott white shares strategies from his new book to make every day the best day ever so until monday morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning go on out and make it a good day a great weekend we'll catch you back here next week